What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Gio Garcia. Today is Monday, March 13th. A lot happened this past week. Uh, first, we'll start off with the LAFC. LAFC got a big win last night against the Revs, 4-0. They put on a whooping. And they also ended up uh, winning their CCL match. Um, here to help me talk about all that, we got Andy Diosa. Andy, how are you feeling after that loss yesterday? Oh, man. This is, that was a tough <laughs> loss for the Revs. The Revs were coming in, riding high. It felt good. Undefeated start to the season. But uh, yesterday they had a little bit of a taste of the LAFC MLS Cup champions. And it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty at all. Yeah, and that, that's Andy's team. He, he's he's from he's from Boston. He was very quiet throughout the press box. <laughs> he was he's usually upbeat and stuff. And then you could tell you could tell as the goals kept coming, you know, uh, the the energy started to, to fade away. It's tough stuff out there. I mean, it, it's a team that that plays well, but uh, yesterday they just were just not not good on the day, and LAFC exposed them every which way. Yeah, LA, LAFC man, which which was which is impressive because they had a lot of rotation and everything. Uh, but let, let's talk about first like the uh, Latif Blessing. He he got his ring. Uh, they did a, an amazing tribute video. I don't know if anybody got to see that, but I think that was just special on how you, um, you know, you appreciate one of the players that was there from the start. The only player left from that you know inaugural season is Carlos Vela, uh, from that 2018 season. Obviously, Latif Blessing just joined the Rebs this offseason. He was appreciated, you know, at BMO Stadium in front of the fans. Uh, what would you think about about his time with, with LAFC and also being uh, given his, his ring? It was a good gesture by LAFC. Latif was a fan favorite, obviously, here in L.A., and I think that it was the right way to do it. Make sure he gets his ring in front of the crowd. Uh, make sure the crowd acknowledges his return. It was always going to be emotional for him, but I think he's a very good player in terms of kind of just – focusing on what the task is at hand. And it was funny because I spoke to him after the game and he, he looked really upset, uh, you know, rightfully so. I mean, they lost 4-0, but he did mention about how happy he was to return and just the energy and the love that fans have given him. I mean, when you think about Latif Blessing, you think about that 2019 team, he was such a crucial part to that midfield along with uh, Edward Atuesta, Mark Anthony Kay. And I think that's when his, his appreciation really grew from the LAFC fans because you know, he had been around the league. He had played uh, defensively. But I think when he was kind of like a little bit of that motor in that midfield that year, it kind of took it to a different level. And and off the field, he has always been great in L.A. from what I've seen and what I've heard. Uh, fans really like him. And, and I saw a video of him speaking to a lot of LAFC fans after the game, well after the game, like in, inside, you know, the stadiums and in in that field level club. So it was cool. It was cool. He was, uh, like I said, very happy about it, very upset about the result. But he did give a lot of props to LAFC. Um, he said, you know, it was unfortunate to, for that to happen against his former teammates, but he gave a lot of props to a team that uh, right now was flying and it was it was good to see him and, and good for him to get that acknowledgement. Yeah, Latif Blessing, uh, obviously, was one of the favorite players. And I always remember after the game, when I walked back to my car or whatever, he would always just wait out with the with the fans and sign the jerseys and take pictures with everybody, whether it was inside the stadium or outside the stadium. Dude was genuine. He was he was really cool. Um, yeah, and I think that's that's a player like that is always remembered. A player like that uh, is never forgotten. And you know, it was, uh, you know, it's unfortunate he's no longer with the team. But I think the way the team appreciated him and he was able to be part of this win and able to help uh, LAFC grow and win throughout the years is very impressive. And overall, very very well deserved with with that. You know, with the celebration yesterday, it was unfortunate that that he lost. But he knows better than anybody how, how talented. 
uh, this team is and, and what they've been able to do. So kudos to uh, Latif Blessing because, man, uh, he made such an impact with these fans. Um, let's talk a little bit about this game because, man, it was it was it was very impressive. You know, Buanga got a got a got a brace. He's hot. Um, you know, he he has five goals in two games, which is just insane. Tillman got the other one, which uh, which was a banger, and then uh, Stebe got got the final uh, fourth one. Uh, what were your overall thoughts of this game and the performance and the individual performances? Not to be lost on Latif, he had a really bad game yesterday, and I think that's something people didn't talk about because it was the emotions of oh my god, you know he's back. He didn't play well. Um, the Revs in the general did not play well, but yeah, I think Denny Buanga is on a different level right now, and I don't think it should surprise anybody because a lot of people did kind of forecast the season for him as an MVP caliber year, as potentially a golden boot year. Um, and he's just showing his quality. And it's everything that Steve talked about him last season kind of on the forefront now, because now with Chicho Arango not around, it gives a little more um, openness to that front three. And and then he's taking advantage of it so far. He's in a, in a really good space. Uh, he's dangerous every time he's on the ball. Like anytime he touches the ball, you, you kind of sense that fear, like, oh, what is he going to do? Um, 1v1 or is he going to cut inside and I think that he's just showing his qualities as a player uh, like I said like Steve has mentioned time and time again so I think I think that part is very good for LAFC because he's he's stepping up to the plate uh, Tillman had a great game I thought he was probably LAFC's best player on the night uh, I think he just looks very comfortable already and that's credit to Steve Frindelow and his coaching staff I've been saying this for a long time now I think whatever credit people are trying to give this coaching staff is not enough yep. I think hands down he should have been coach of the year last year Granted, um, you know, Jim Curran had a really good season, but it's it's unreal what Steve and, and company has been able to do with this team. I mean, getting players like Tillman, Boang obviously came in last season, but a player like Tillman to go in and, and just kind of look right the part right away. And we'll talk about this later, but it's to the point of Steve knew him in Germany and knew the profile type of player that he is. And that's the reason why he's like, this is the this is what we want. And it fits perfectly. So Tillman has been great. Uh, and, and and to see Stipe get a goal is big time because I think he's been pretty close uh, to scoring. And, and Steve says that he's he's really um, he shows those qualities in practice. So to see him get that goal late is, is good. But I think overall, it's just the the way LAC is able to kind of manage games. Right. Mm-hmm. Those first 15 minutes were were in the refs favor. And I think it took a while for LAFC to settle. But once they did a few different things in terms of uh, formations and, and roles for certain people, I know he had mentioned Bowanga was kind of like, you know, shadowing uh, Matt Pulse of the Revs defensive mid a little bit. So it was just like little things in the game, intricacies that things change. And maybe the, the casual fan doesn't notice, but when you peel it back and see like these other adjustments that are being made, and we know how great Shrundalo was last season with adjustments, um, that's what changed the game and opened it up. And, you know, you get an early penalty and, and it kind of was like, okay, a little bit of breathing room as well. But they just had their foot on the gas and never really let up. I mean, it's, it's a team that is playing well beyond what it should be for its third game of the season. Yeah. I mean, even their second game of the season, the Champions League game, it's like this team looks already very, very well established. And granted, you know, there wasn't that much turnover. So they do have a, you know, a similar core to what they had last season, but it's unreal how people could kind of just step in and, and hit the ground running without too much of an adjustment period. When you look at other teams, that's kind of like, oh, well, they're going to need time to do this and time to do that. And LAFC just seems like anybody that's plug and place just plays the role effortlessly. And to me, that has to do with coaching. Yeah, no, I, I would I agree with you. What this coaching staff has done with Steve, John Thornton, how they gone about the recruiting, I think to me, 
what LAFC has done with the recruiting and identifying the type of players that they want to play in their system. And it's not just about getting any random or any winger, right? Does this player, we've heard Steve talk about this. Does it, does it fit our profile the way we want to play? Does this player do what we want to do, right? Going to Boanga, we, 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 we want a winger that obviously can score goals, but also can come back and defense. He's big physical. You could tell you saw that second goal, how, how he uses his body and right. That fits, that fit the profile. And, and, and he was able to seamlessly fit because that's what that's a certain style that they're going to play, and that's what they've gone. And I, not too many teams. Uh, I'm surprised why not too many teams do that. Look, it's hard. I know it's harder on some aspects, especially like some teams in the MLS don't don't have a, a clear identity of who they are and what they want to play. LAFC does, and I think it makes it easier. And you also got to be more selective with how, which players you bring in, and, and that's what they've done. And uh, look, you're gonna miss on a couple of players, but when you when you when you when you when you, when you hit on the uh, on the signings and everything, you see what LAFC is doing. And I think it just goes to credit to the coaching staff, but also the work they're doing off the field. You know, off the field and recruiting, everything. We'll, we'll talk about you know what they announced today here in a, you know a little bit, but. It's just impressive. And what we've seen from Tillman last night and Stipe, I didn't really get watched too much of the preseason, uh, but seeing him against LD Alajualense, he almost had a goal. That, on the given goal, he almost had that goal, but it didn't work out for him. But he he got his goal here. I, he did kind of I, – I did see him struggle a little bit, but um, I realized that, look, this is just him in his second, third game in the season. I think Stipe is going to be like um, – another Mahala or, you know, like a player that have has big moments, has big goals because of what, how fast he is and how he reads the game and, and what he can do uh, as a winger. And I think it, it just, it's just so impressive with the recruiting that they've done to bring in these players. And like you mentioned, have that instant impact right away. Three games in, man, like they look almost, I would want to say almost like that, that mid season form, and, and it's crazy to say that, you know, in three games, they scored, I think they tweeted this out. They have scored 10 goals, uh, three wins, one hat trick, only two goals against. That's an impressive stat. Yeah. And and uh, to the Stipe point quickly before I, I touch on that, um, he's 20 years old. And Steve said a, a really important thing yesterday. Like he's a, a long way away from home. Like he's he's far mm-hmm. from Croatia. He's here in L.A. by himself. That adjustment period, personally, more so than the professional part, it's a part of the process for a young kid. So that's a great point. Like, I think he could really grow into his own and be really, really good for this team. And yeah, I mean, the team is flying right now. Like, if you even take take a look at those two goals they gave up, like it was <laughs> when the game was kind of already won in their heads against Portland, and you know, it's not necessarily great goals that they gave up. But I mean, those two goals are just a footnote for what they've been able to do this season. And I think we've talked about it. Like if that Rose Bowl game happened, <laughs> it might have been it would have been a very bad outcome for, for the Galaxy, the way that yeah. LA is. And what's what's impressive to me mostly is that the narrative is always like, and don't put it beyond us too, because we're two Chicho Arango like big fans and you know advocates for them should have have kept him. But they've had six goal scorers already in, in these three games and 10 goals. Like, sure, I think that having that number nine solidified might come back to haunt them but i think they're showing right now like they're gonna be all right and and once again steve kind of in a in a in a bang on my chest type of way was like it's not about who we had it's about yep. people just kind of playing roles and as much as people might not like that he's proving it and LAFC continues to prove that so i think that um yeah i think that they're getting contributions from a lot of different places and you saw yesterday the class of certain players when like 
Sifu and, and Ryan come on the field and the game kind of switches a different chip. And it's just like the, the level that these players are at is, is, like I said, for this early in the season, it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. And, and just another point just to add to that is, is, you know, on Steve Sharondolo, they, they under Steve Sharondolo, they play as a team. And you, you, these last few games, you don't see a drop off. Whether Carlos Vela comes off, whether you know Tillman starts or Stipe starts, they're not. There's not a drop off, and that to me tells me that they buy. Obviously, they clearly buy into the system. What what Steve Sharondolo is telling them, and they really play as a team. There's other clubs around the world that like you have the best players in the world. And they don't play as a team, and everybody is buying into what Steve Sharon has been putting out. Obviously, they 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 won, they won a championship. They won the MLS Cup last season. But to do this in, in a quick amount of time, and and under his first season wins the championship, under his second season the, the rolling look three games in. I know it's early, but the rolling high. It goes to show like how he knows how to get a, a young group of men or even veterans like Chiellini to buy into the system because. Like, there's not necessarily players like Chiellini and Bell last season. You're not necessarily going to teach them anything new. You're, you're really not, right? Because those, those guys are superstars in, in, their, in their own right. But it's also, it's, it, I think what, what's so impressive about what Steve Sharon has been doing is whether you're, you're right, you're a veteran player or, or you're a young player, everybody's bought into the system. Everybody believes in what Steve Sharon is saying. And even when he takes out Carlos Vela, there's not a big drop. You don't see Carlos Vela get upset. He understands that the team is more important. And I'm seeing that from everybody that wears the LAFC jersey. They understand and they believe and trust what Steve Shono is doing. And it, it's very impressive. Most definitely, man. I just, like I said earlier, I think that he was grossly overlooked last season. And, and granted, I get when team, when coaches have certain teams and certain talent, that kind of takes a little bit of a hit on the credentials and the success and the accolades. But it, it's absolutely incredible what he's been able to to pull off. And he'll be the first one to say, like, you know, it's a testament to his coaching staff as well. It's not just him. It's Mark Dos Santos and Ante and all those guys. So they've been – they hit the ground running last season, and it seems like they're not uh, – they don't have any signs of slowing down anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, let, let, let's move on. Let's let's talk about um... – the big news uh, today. Oh, let's, let's quickly talk about the, the big win. They, they won. They beat LD Alohalense 3-0. Massive, massive win on the road against Costa Rica. Um, that, to me, was was, was a big win. Uh, obviously, they're going to play this Wednesday here in LA at BMO Stadium. To me, if LAFC plays anything similar that they play the last two games, this game is, is, is going to be the same. Uh, obviously, we don't want to look past it because 3-0, anything could still happen. Uh, what what are your thoughts on LAFC moving uh, going forward? Because they 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 have a, a a busy schedule with a lot of these games coming in. They they play LDL Holland and I think Saturday or Sunday. I think Saturday they they fly to Seattle. So it's it's a lot of moving parts for them. Yeah, and I think that that part is is kind of overlooked as well when it comes to the travel. You mentioned last time Costa Rica is not necessarily a close trip, and to have to do that, you know, and come back. But it's once again how serious and um, focused this coaching staff is. Right, we saw with Austin, they kind of rotated the lineup and then they were shocked by a team that they probably shouldn't have even struggled against, uh, lost 3-0 down in the Dominican Republic against a Haitian team. Whereas LAFC is like, yo, we're not underestimating these guys one bit. Malajualense um, is a top, or I think in second place now on the Costa Rican table. So they're up there. They've been having a good domestic season and they knew that this was going to be a high stake, high pressure game. But once again, they, they went into it with the right mindset. They said, forget rotation. It's early in the season. Like this, this lineup should be our our best, and we're going to approach it that way. And that's what they did, and they put a dominant performance out there. I mean, Giorgio Chiellini for for his age and his 
his background just continues to do things that are that are amazing. And you're talking about a place that, you know, a packed stadium, salute to the LAFC fans that that made their presence felt there, which was amazing as well. But LAFC was very determined to to play that game and make a statement. And I think they did. I think that internally they've always believed that they could win this competition, right? They think that they have the team that's good enough to do that. I think with that showing, they're telling everybody else, hey, we not only could win this, we're going to go to win this. Honestly, wouldn't even be surprised to see not that much of a rotation um, against them this week at the bank because it's not over, right? It's a, it's a big it's a big um, lead that they have, but at the end of the day, you can't you can't really uh, play too you can't take too many chances. And th- the way we talked about roster constructions, you don't have too many pieces that you can necessarily uh, rotate in because of the the pack schedule and, and looking kind of ahead to go to Seattle. So um, yeah, a great a great job, great CCL showing, and from a team that's kind of already been through those battles in a different type of way uh, with that weird um, COVID uh, tournament. But this is a team that is going to try to win this tournament. And I don't see why anybody right now should believe otherwise that they can do that. Yeah, it just very impressive all, all around. And we'll see. And I'm, to me, what I'm most interested in how he manages the minutes of these players because these games are coming in quick. Um, Yeah, let, let's switch over. Big, big news today uh, from LFC, <laughs> man. They announced a partnership with, with FC Bayern for Bayern, obviously Bayern Munich uh, and LAFC. They partnered. They launched a joint venture. Uh, it's called Red and Gold. Uh, I'm just reading off here, which is was just it's insane. Um, this partnership here. I, I'll read this in a quote. Um, a partnership of this magnitude is the next step of an our de- our development. Um, let me share this real quick so so the people watching this can actually see what's going on here. This is from the press release that was today. Um, here this is from oliver khan he says fc Bayern. um let's go right here fc Bayern uh, will expand its promotion of young talent uh with lafc los angeles football club on an international level soccer is developing rapidly which is also evident in the transfer market we see this partnership as our pro- uh, as an opportunity to strengthen fc Bayern in the sporting competition with the club's best in europe and in the bundesliga bundesliga excuse me and this is, I think this is really important right here. The fact that the 2026 World Cup will, will largely take place in the U.S. In U.S., where we already have an office in New York, but starts Los Angeles, uh, and even more attractive, uh, even more attractive. I expect a boost in quality in young talent in Major League Soccer. Um, Andy, quick, quickly, give me your thoughts on this partnership with FC Bayern because it is just massive. You see the jersey. I like to announce today that I am FC Bayern's LA scout that is playing. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Um, no, it's just a it's a testament to what LAFC has been able to do, and I think that it is interesting because it's a, a German team and and Sharundalo's history in in that country and in that league. It, it leads me to believe that he had you know a pretty decent part to to play or say in that. But once again, it's a testament to what LAFC has been able to do in in five or six years now in the league. Um, they just continue to to impress and do things that other teams are not doing. And they're so ahead of the curve and it's what a team in this LA market should be doing. It's what you would expect from a team that wants to navigate the way LAFC does. And it's in a huge market. They continue to knock these things out the park. It's going to be great both ways for development. And I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, players like Mahala now beyond Bayern's radar players that, you know, that have been around a little bit and, and things like that. And you're talking about not just a team. You're talking about a team that's consistently in Champions League, consistently successful and eyes from all over the world. It's such a good look uh, for LAFC. And I think it's just, 
they're just paving the way for what other teams should be doing for some reason are not doing. Um, LAFC is just, like we said earlier, everything they seem to be doing right is on the field, off the field, whatever the case may be. They're just they're just setting the way. So this is a great look. I, I love that um, that this partnership happened, and I think that it hopefully could potentially open the doors for um, a lot of players uh, both ways. Yeah, look, for me, what what uh, what LAFC is doing? Look, they're they're winning on and off the field, and it, to me, it's just so impressive that what what the work that they've they've been putting on the field, and now they continue to put in the work. To me, LAFC is just outworking everybody in the MLS. They just are because opportunities like this don't 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 just come. Uh, FC Bayern was previously, I think, with FC Dallas, and I think uh, I think I forgot who tweeted Tom or whatever said that the, that partnership is no longer uh, with them. Now you see FC Bayern, you know, partner with LAFC, and that's just massive, massive for LAFC. Obviously, you know, when a team is consistently in the Champions League, consistently winning and dominant, and you, like you mentioned, you have players like Mahala, and you have other young players that potentially now have a door to go to Europe, right? If you can't just go right there, I think it, this is also going to be a lot of recruitment, a lot of players from South America, just around the world. That like, hey, if I go to LAFC, you know, I could have a chance to go to Bayern or, or whatever. But and also L.A. is an attractive market. Look, we live in a, in a awesome city. You know, the weather is great for most of the for most of the year. You know, and you also can play for a really good uh, professional uh, football club, soccer club. Right. And LAFC. And I think that's just impressive. I think the partnership that the LAFC got in here with, with Bayern Munich. It, look, Every every day, it just seems like LAFC is doing something that uh, no other team in the MLS is doing. And they're, I continue to say this, LAFC continues to set the standard for what a club, what a professional soccer club, football club, whatever you want to call it, in the MLS should be. And partnerships like this, FC Bayern just goes credit of their testament of the work that they've been put, putting on the field and off the field. And, and it's just very impressive. And I'm excited to see where this partnership goes. Most definitely, man. It's, it's an opportunity that... If you look back at the history of MLS, you say maybe these opportunities are a, a crazy pipe dream or a thought that may, you know, have that connection. And now for a team that just won MLS Cup, who I think globally is starting to kind of be be known in, in ways of obviously success in the Champions League if they do it this year, uh, things like that. Um, it's just massive to say that a team like Bayern is is linked up with a team like LAFC who's so ambitious um, in, in, in their own ways. So it's it's huge. It's huge. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's that's really cool, and we'll see what what eventually um, comes out out of that because it, it's it's just impressive to see. Um, lots of games going on with them. Obviously, we'll, we'll see what happens here Wednesday. CCL, that's the next match for them. Like we said earlier, the games are coming in quick. Uh, anything, uh, anything else you'd like to add before we move on here from LAFC? Yeah, one point on Ryan Hollingshead. He he left oh, yesterday right. with a seemed like a concussion, bad injury. Uh, Steve was very vocal about that after the game, kind of made a call to the refs to, to protect players a little better. Um, Steve said he wasn't doing well. He didn't have much of an update, but he said he wasn't doing well. So I doubt that he's on the team sheet for Wednesday. And going forward, we mentioned how much injuries could could play a part or a role in, in kind of teams' trajectories during the season. But um, Daniel Maldonado, who did enter the game yesterday at some point later in the match, uh, has played outside back and is an option that LAFC does have to to maneuver if um, if Ryan does miss some extended time. But hopefully it's not too crazy. But yeah, I know Steve did make a point to mention that, so I wanted to bring it up as well. Yeah, and also I was going to see, because I think who started there, was it Palencia that got the start right back yesterday? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Palencia. Palencia, so we'll see. Obviously, it's not looking good for Ryan Solinson, so we'll probably see Palencia either start 
uh, there because yeah, that, that's unfortunate uh, that that happened to him. Because especially when it, in a game he came in as a sub and that happens, right. that, that, that's, that's just brutal. Especially with the CCL game coming up. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll stay tuned to see what happens with that.